hello everyone and I am so happy you could join us today for another episode of the Women in Politics, the Breakdown Podcast. This is going to be our fifth episode and today we're going to be breaking down everything that has happened since our last episode, which is a lot, but primarily we're going to be talking about the impeachment, um, cancel culture possibly. I don't know. This is going to be a journey. Guys, we have no outline right now, so this is going to be pretty crazy. I'm Andrea Montenegro, and with me is my co-host, Dom Shaw. And before we get started, as Andrea said, that we are fil- filming on Valentine's Day 2021. So we just wanted to point out that we are so thankful, so grateful, and so in love with all of our beautiful viewers. Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. We appreciate Happy you. Happy Valentine's Day. We love you all. Um, all of our viewers in America, in Canada, and we have viewers from Germany. If you are from Germany, um, hello, Gutentag, is that German? Gutentag. Gutentag, I don't know. Happy Valentine's Day. Um, And we love you all, and we are so happy that you are listening today. But let's get on started with this crazy episode, impeachment. Donald Trump has been acquitted. What are your thoughts, Dombi? Because I know you have them. So many thoughts. Um, This whole last week, um, actually, really quick, a little bit of context. Unless you've been living under a rock or just not in the United States, you know that a whole bunch of Trump supporters rallied at the Capitol building on January 6th to execute a planned siege. They had t-shirts made, guys. T-shirts. So this was planned. And... This little protest of theirs, I use protest very lightly, um, killed five people, including one police officer, Brian Sicknick. This last week, the Senate convened to eventually acquit Trump after being impeached by the House of Representatives the second time. And so obviously, Andrea and I had to watch David Schoen and Bruce Castor's defense for Trump. Like the rest of America, we accurately guessed that not even they could come up with an excuse for this one. And if you're anything like me, you've been waiting for the SNL skit to come out since the first day of the trial. So let us explain why. And it all started with Bruce Castor's opening speech. So I watched some of it and then the highlights put together by the Washington Post. And the only way that I can summarize it is by saying that at the end of the 10 minutes that I, a law enthusiast, could bear to watch, felt my brain sizzling. I mean, it was rambling, incoherent, and frankly, it sounded like he had written it half asleep on the school bus after he realized he had a huge assignment due that day, five minutes away from the building, and he still couldn't finish it, so he just made most of it up on the spot there. Um, what did what did you think about it? Dombi, um, my thoughts are very similar to yours. I felt like I was losing brain cells watching that, and honestly, I felt really embarrassed for our country because of the fact that that's the best that we had. Um, You do debates, I did mock trial for like one year and I've seen mock trial openings and closings better than that. And there were like juniors and seniors doing those openings, you know, 17 and 18 year year olds. Um, And that's concerning to me, the fact that 17 and 18 year olds can speak more eloquently, more coherently, um, and just generally just make more sense than Donald Trump's defense team. It's just, they did have a hard job because there's no way to excuse what he did. Um, Their main points that stood out to me were, 
he did it in the last weeks of his presidency. Like committing a crime in your presidency doesn't count when you're in the last weeks of office. I mean, I guess, sure. And the other thing was, it's freedom of speech. He can say whatever he wants. But on a little bit of a tangent here, but to me, having a platform, it's awesome, right? It's really great. Whether you're a politician, you're a public figure, you're a singer, whatever you are, you have a platform and it's awesome and people want to be famous because of it. But to me, it's terrifying because we have a podcast. We have a couple hundred listeners, mainly our friends, our family, like nothing crazy. But even on our podcast, we try very hard to be conscious of everything we say, right? Because we do have a younger audience uh, that has developing political views and we do not at any point want to mislead anyone, right? We're two 16 year olds with a platform of a couple viewers. And yet we take so much time to make sure that everything that we are saying does not impact our audience the wrong way. I cannot imagine how much more pressure it is for these people that have even bigger platforms like Donald Trump. However, you know, even though it must be harder having such a bigger audience and all that pressure, you can't forget about the fact that your words have meaning, your words have weight. Uh, you can influence, and Donald Trump is an influencer. He doesn't post bikini pictures on Instagram, but he's an influencer. <laughs> he influences his audience to do things. And he, as a politician, as an influencer, should know that. And it's it's not something that you can say, oh, I didn't know that my words had meaning because you do, you do. And that's that's an issue that I keep seeing a lot, but you know, that's that's not even a defense. You can't say you didn't know what you were saying. Like you should take into account before you say something to a big audience, what your words could mean to them and how it could be misconstrued even. 100%, I am totally on board with you. Um, and I think, Alongside Donald Trump, we saw that play out with Mitch McConnell, too. I mean, the man said that he, before before the trial, he said that he would never impeach Donald Trump. Um, but then right after the trial, after the Senate voted to acquit, he said that Donald Trump was definitely guilty. Um, we saw the direct impact this had on senator, GOP senators, right? Because um, he is undeniably one of the most influential GOP senators. Um, in history. So obviously him saying something along the lines of Donald Trump should not be impeached had a pretty big influence. Um, and I'd like to think that that's part of the reason why some of the senators voted the way they did. Obviously, some of them felt strongly that Donald Trump was innocent, but that doesn't apply to everyone, right? I mean, there were, there were a lot of people, a lot of Republicans even, who kind of lost it on January 6th, they lost all hope for their party. And that that got even worse when their party refused to impeach the man who almost overthrew the government and killed a lot of our a lot of our representatives. Um, so back to the actual trial, um, I heard a lot of people calling it a Chewbacca argument um, because that it was it was a huge distraction and that um, 
his legal team was just stalling. And I personally think the same. There's no basis for their argument at all. Um, and they know they don't have a legal argument. We know that, they know that. So as Jeremy Bash put it, they quote some random poem about sailing at the end because the facts aren't on their side. They don't have any facts to back up what they did. In fact, this may be the first trial in history that used tweets as evidence. That was, that was insane. But just thinking about the fact that Donald Trump explicitly said the words January 6th and then like, we'll go over there. And somehow he still wasn't impeached, tells me how broken our justice system is. Um, and then comes the vote, right? Um, so the Senate did acquit Trump for a second time in a close 57 to 43 vote surprise. We needed um, two thirds of the majority. So that would be 67 votes. Um, and in the actual vote, all the independents, Democrats and seven Republicans voted for impeachment. Um, and they just needed 10 more GOP votes, which some people are saying would have been possible. Um, a lot of Democrats and people are taking this anger out on Chuck Schumer, now Senate Majority Leader, and other Senate Democrats for not accusing, um, for not calling in the witnesses. And these accusations have gone far enough to call Schumer to resign. What do you think, Andrea? Should, should they have called in witnesses? I honestly, I, I don't know. I'm not the most well-versed. I can't say, I mean, even without calling in witnesses, the defense argument was ridiculous. They, I don't know, because even with, okay, they call in witnesses, they add even more credibility to their argument. Let's say they do that. The defense argument is still the most ridiculous stupid thing that you've ever heard, an embarrassment to the practice of law in the United States. And still Trump gets acquitted. I do not think it would have made a difference though the clips that they did show as evidence, I think were very impactful. Uh, the never before seen footage that they showed at that case has, I think really had, really had an impact. Um, in terms of being able to show how close these representatives and these senators were to the mob that stormed the Capitol and how much danger they were actually in because we had a lot of people saying, downplaying how dangerous it was that day in the Capitol. And I think it really showed how close they were to possibly losing their lives because that that is what they were about to, there were people saying that they would hang Mike Pence like, and his family were evacuated and the mob was a couple of feet away from them. And they were saying that they were gonna hang him. Like, it is crazy to, to have seen that footage. No, I completely agree. And to all the people on the left who are calling to, um, calling Chuck Schumer to resign because of his, irresponsibility. I think it's important to understand that if that much, that footage, that, um, you know, explicit evidence that Donald Trump incited this violence, and furthermore, his carelessness in his legal defense argument, um, if none of that worked for these senators, what makes you think a couple of witnesses will? I, I think it would not have changed anything. 
Exactly. The vote would have remained the same. You know, the seven GOP senators that did vote for impeachment, I think we already knew that they were going to. Like, we never thought otherwise, right? Like, but somehow the, the thought that the other remaining senators would vote for impeachment, I think is just a little bit irresponsible. Um, and it's time that Unfortunately, we do move on because obviously some people are talking about invoking the 14th Amendment, the third article, which would uh, prevent Donald Trump from running ever again. But I think that's the most we can do. Uh, I think it's just a fact of life that Donald Trump is not going to be impeached ever. And it's important that we move on. We are facing a pandemic. We're facing high racial tensions in the United States with people getting killed. Uh, because of the color of their skin. And we are also facing extreme poverty, uh, unemployment, homelessness, and due to the current economic situation. And all that put together, I think, is a little bit more important than doing something impossible. Yes, let's talk a little bit more about the, the pandemic. Because, you know, one of Biden's big things going into office was dealing with the pandemic and giving relief. Um, people are like, Biden, post up, where's my $1,400 stimulus check? You know, um, there's that. And also the U.S. has bought 200 million COVID-19 vaccine doses. Um, and Biden simply just keeps rolling. And I think it's really good. I think it's great. People in my area have already gotten vaccines. A lot of my mom's work friends that are related to people in the medical field, obviously uh, people in the medical field with families um have to get vaccinated as well as people in the medical field so uh, I'm seeing a lot of my friends my mom's co-workers you know getting vaccinated and it's really exciting and also I think last week my district had a pop-up like vaccination and they had like a time for specific like you know people that were at risk but they also had time for whoever wanted to go get vaccine vaccinated so a lot of people that like just regular, like I could have gone to get vaccinated. My mom was at work at the time, so, but a bunch of regular people just went and got vaccinated, got their first dose. And I think it's really exciting. I can't say, obviously, because vaccine was developed as Trump was getting out of office, if it was completely because of um, the fact that he's gone now, but I just know that things have been looking pretty good since he left office and I'm having a great time, you know? Yeah, and you're from Texas, right? Um, yeah, I'm from that, Texas. That's telling that a historically Republican state, um, mostly known for its conservatism and, you know, Senator Ted Cruz, uh, is willing yeah. to get vaccinated on a level like that. Um, it, tells, it tells you something about Americans and what, what we really think. You know, as a country, a lot of people do think that we're, we're idiots and sometimes we are like that's that's an undeniable fact but at the same time I think a lot of Americans do really want to get this pandemic behind them in a responsible manner I know a lot of conservative people are saying that they don't trust the vaccine just yet because of um, you know how well frankly how fairly quick the trials were and I understand that that's understandable um, but it's also interesting how how this country is moving forward, you know, by the end of this year, um, 
Biden hopes to get everyone vaccinated. So that's that's really cool. I think uh, that's really exciting. Um, on that note, I do want to mention we have a representative from Texas. His name was Ron Wright, and he sadly passed away from COVID-19 earlier this week. He was Republican, and I just think it's really sad to see that people in Ron Wright's own party were inciting people to continue to not take the pandemic seriously. And he passed away, and literally two days before he, pa he passed away. I'm pretty sure he was in the hospital. Um, he was tweeting about the pandemic, you know, those regular conservative tweets about the pandemic, kind of downplaying it. And I just think it's really tragic. And I don't think we should forget that this pandemic, the deaths that we have had in the United States are partly because of how our government handled um, this pandemic from the start how Donald Trump handled this pandemic from the start. Um, and let's let's not forget to hold them accountable for that because it was not just the pandemic that killed Americans. It was the words of politicians on the right um, downplaying this pandemic. So 100%. I think it's yeah. And if you've been following the breakdown from the beginning, maybe you'll remember Andrea and I's conversation about rhetoric on the right. Um, how very specifically people like Donald Trump, Mitch McConnell, Lindsey Graham used their, their words um, even more than their action to inspire their supporters to think the same way they did, right? And recently we just learned that Donald Trump's COVID case was a little bit more dangerous than he had showed everyone, right? Um, a lot of, a lot of his um, doctors that were nearby him just released that they were actually considering a ventilator for Donald Trump, which is honestly, I'm not surprised. He is older and, you know, as, as president, it's possible that he was under a lot of stress at the time. So right. yeah. And I, I think it's interesting that they chose to hide that, you know, it, it says something about how they're actively trying to ignore the fact that there are people dying from this pandemic. And most of them are those who can't afford ventilators. You know, they, they gave Donald Trump the best treatment possible at Walter Reed using taxpayer money. And it doesn't hurt that he himself is, you know, extremely rich. So at the end of the day, they know that, we know that. Who's gonna tell their supporters that? I guess it's us. We told you, you have been told do what you will. We encourage you to go do your own research, but straight up, that is what we think. Um, talk about the government failing America. Um, talk about the right failing America. Uh, today's also, uh, I know we just, we're kind of on a sad topic. Talk about the government failing us, not once, but twice. Today is February 14th, the anniversary of the Parkland shooting. And I just, the other day I was, scrolling through YouTube and I, I, I CNN popped up and it was Brooke Baldwin. Um, Brooke Baldwin was reading this note, sorry. <laughs> I can't even like let the words out. Brooke Baldwin was reading this letter that this Parkland mom had read to her daughter 
and it just hit me. We're in a pandemic, we're not going to school. But like, this was so recent. America had gone through so many tragedies just back to back and we just like, we don't even register anymore. And it was really sad to me that I had forgotten about Parkland and I had forgotten about Sandy Hook, obviously not forgotten because I just needed to be reminded, but I let that like get to the back of my brain was in my subconscious and I had not thought about it until I saw that video and it just made me tear up. Um, I sent it to Dombey and Dombey and I had a very long conversation about gun control. Um, yeah, Dombey, what are your thoughts? I don't think the issue of gun abuse, gun violence in the United States really hits you until you read about stuff like this and you relate to it, right? Unless you have empathy built up from the fact that you can relate to that kind of fear, it doesn't impact you. Um, you know, Andrea and I are both high school students. Uh, fortunately, we've never had to experience anything like this firsthand. And I cannot tell you how grateful, how lucky I am um, that that's true. But the fact that young people have died just trying to get an education which is a basic, not even right, it's, it's required in the US um, to get an education up until a certain standard. The fact that people have died, innocent people, because the government refuses to take action on this topic is horrifying. And I, I don't really know how else to put this because a lot of people say it's not political and I agree, it's not. It's about basic human empathy, right? It's right. about caring about families, young people who are scared to send their kids to school every day because they're they're worried about a possible shooting, because they're they're worried about you know not seeing their kids ever again, or being feeling unsafe in your school is horrifying I think it's horrible that kids were killed it's not happening very much now the pandemic is saving kids lives let that sink in because I I don't know we, we can't assume obviously the pandemic is not saving lives but um we can assume that if we were in school you know what would be happening right now would we kids can't get killed through zoom um but it's just really sad to think about the fact that kids were being killed in a place where they were supposed to be safe, in a place where they were supposed to be learning. And we failed them because people did not, and it's not like, I don't know your stance on gun control. I live in Texas where people love their guns. Uh, Greg Abbott the other day, I saw he quote, one of his quotes, he said that, you know, they're trying to license licensing for guns like to have a gun is like wrong basically and I thought that was crazy because why would you like why why shouldn't we have licenses to own guns or like more extensive like like more extensive licensing you know to own a gun because we have licensing to drive cars which can kill people and kill many people every year so should we not have more extensive licensing to have guns like 
they're not taking away guns, but they, they're limiting um, because, I don't know, guns can kill people. And I don't think we should let random people have, have guns. Just, that's just my thought. Um, go do your research about it. Uh, I didn't have that quote planned. I don't know Greg Abbott's exact quote, but I saw it the other day and I thought it was ridiculous. Like, why wouldn't you want to just implement another level of like licensing? I mean, I live in a household that has guns. Um, my stepdad's like a hunter. He goes out, we have like a ranch a couple of hours away. I'm comfortable around guns, but I know I'm not licensed to use them. I don't, I don't hunt at all. My stepdad does. Um, and I know that if there was more extensive licensing, he would probably be annoyed, but he would still go get the licensing and do whatever he needed to do. I mean, I don't get the big deal, but I guess it's just a me thing. That's just, those are just my thoughts. Yeah, and I come from a state, um, I'm from New Jersey, and we have extensive licensing and regulations. So I think I can testify firsthand that they work. You know, um, in New Jersey, yes, you can just drive over the border to Pennsylvania, get your gun, come back, right? There's a Cabela's at the border. Um, so if you want to get a gun, you can. But I think that still deters a lot of people. You know, we don't, we, we have um, concealed carry laws and we have strong um, preventative measures in place just so stuff like this doesn't happen. And we see that it works. So when people like Greg Abbott say that we shouldn't have licensing regulations, I think it makes me think that it's all about the economy at the end of the day, right? These super PACs, the NRA, they're all funding some of these some of these politicians. And as a result, they have to say something like guns are great, you know? But at the end of the day, I, I think everyone knows that they're not. They're, they're extremely easy to regulate too. It's, it's not like it took us forever to do this. And it's not like the government had to go into people's houses, snatch their guns away from them, and then and then no one had guns. That's not what happened in New Jersey. What happened was people had to go through a more rigorous process, get a license. Um, personally, I still don't think it's enough because, you know, you could, you could just go across the border um, and get one under the ground. But, you know, it's something and it works. We've seen immediate impact. So, so yeah, at the end of the day, this too is all about money. You think? Yeah. I think. I, I don't know. I would like to preface this with, by saying um, that Greg Abbott has expressed, um, I don't want to mislead our view. Once again, remember that you have a platform. Greg Abbott has expressed like um, being open to more gun control. There was a shooting in El Paso. I think it was about two years ago. It was very bad. Um, and, you know, Abbott expressed that he would be considering uh, expanding gun control here in Texas. But uh, the tri there were a couple of like uh, hearings, legislative hearings, uh, just I think last week or two weeks ago. And that is where he 
had expressed that he would rather protect gun owners. So that's just, I wanted to say that's where it came from. If you guys wanted to, after this episode, go look into what Greg Abbott said specifically, go look at that. But yeah, <laughs> I just wanted to say that. And I don't know if it's all about money, but maybe it is. It could be. Um, at the end of the day, it's it's people, regular American civilians who are being hurt because of the lack of gun laws in the United States. So regardless of what politicians say, I think it's their actions that matter a little bit more. Um, there is no federal statute requiring licensing for guns. Um, so I, I mean, hopefully something does happen under the Biden administration. I'm not too hopeful, you know, considering that he is a fairly centrist politician and um, you know, to ease the transition of power between Donald Trump and Joe Biden um, and between Republicans and Democrats, uh, it may be impossible to enact something that drastic, right? Um, you know, especially around the country. Yeah, but I mean, okay, let's, Republicans and Democrats don't agree all the time. But let's talk about when they did agree earlier this month during the craziest day the stock market probably has seen in a while, I don't, I don't really know completely what was going on, but a bunch of people on Reddit decided, um, on this subreddit, decided that they were going. It's called a subreddit called Wall Street Bets. Um, they decided that they were going to buy stock in GameStop, and why they did this was because GameStop stock had been going down, right, the worth of the stock, and these hedge funds were buying the stock, um, and what's good for the hedge funds when you're buying stock that goes down, they want the stock to continue going down, because then they make money. I'm, I'm trying to put this as simply as I can, because I know that I was really confused when I was reading this, but these hedge funds want the GameStop stock to go down, but you know the GameStop stock doesn't go down if there's a bunch of people buying it. So all of these people started buying the GameStop stock. It went really high. These hedge funds lost millions of dollars. Okay, and um, the the app Robinhood, which is where uh, transactions for stock occur. I'm I'm assuming, guys. I I don't know very much about this. I'm sorry if I'm explaining it really weird, but these transactions were taking place, they like shut it down. They were like protecting hedge, the hedge funds. And this was a move that was not, not loved by any politician. In fact, it was a move that was not liked by AOC and AOC's tweet on it, you know, her, she tweeted her thoughts, Ted Cruz, responded to AOC on Twitter and said that he agreed completely. Now, I don't know, earlier, uh, before, you know, earlier before this whole stock market thing, Ted Cruz um, was saying that AOC's um, response to the whole people storming the Capitol thing was, was all like, oh, her being dramatic. And now, you know, suddenly, you know, he was okay with people almost killing her, but suddenly he agrees with her because oh, Robin Hood is threatening the uh, free market. So yeah, pretty crazy that that, that happened. Um, we were united 
for probably like 24 hours, 48 hours, maybe like two days. And then things went back to normal. I, I don't know what happened to the GameStop stock. I have not heard about it in a while, but I hope they're, everyone's doing well. I know that one guy sold his shares and like paid for his grandma's surgery. So that was pretty, that was pretty awesome. Talk about the people coming together to destroy the rich. Exactly. Free market, free market. We love it. We love capitalism, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and Andrea's saying capitalism because this is something that hedge funds have been doing for ages, right? They've been shorting stocks and selling them just so they can make more money. And at the expense of companies like GameStop, right? They they downplay the value of the stock so that people sell them. And, and eventually they make more money because the stock is worth more when they sell it than it was when they bought it. Um, and so it's- Is that how short, how short selling works? Yeah, so shorting is basically the process of um, hedge funds borrowing stock and then, um, and, and then they sell it. I mean, they sell the stock that they borrowed, right? So that they have enough money to give back the stock that they borrowed, but they also have money to keep for themselves. Um, so, I mean, they've been doing this for a really, really long time, but the fact that it just came to light now, maybe a culmination of boredom from the pandemic, uh, current political situation, you know, um, all of that put together kind of exposed what they were doing. Um, and a lot of people said the same thing, you know. Um, so it's interesting that these companies have been profiting off of smaller companies like GameStop. And I know that's ironic because GameStop isn't like a small company, but it's not, it hasn't been doing well recently. No. Um, so, I mean, hedge funds lost a lot of money. In, in total, I think they lost about 30, $30 billion when the same thing happened to Volkswagen in 2008. And this time, companies like Melvin Capital individually lost billions of dollars on the stock. Um, so all in all, they were reckless, right? Like this, this wasn't illegal, what anyone did here. Um, I mean, not illegal, it's a free market. Um, I think it's really funny that when uh, the people manipulate the free market that we have, the allegedly free market that we have, rich people get really upset. Um, and I'm not saying this to uh, incite animosity between regular people and rich people. Um, I'm just saying like the people did what they could do with what they have and they did and they got a lot of money and they also screwed over hedge funds in the process. And I mean, you never hear anything about, you know, corporations screwing over people because sometimes you do, but usually you don't because nobody, nobody really cares because you don't have enough influence. But as soon as it's the hedge funds getting screwed over and they have to shut down Robinhood because they're losing millions of dollars, suddenly it's a big deal because, oh my gosh, I'm a little, I'm a hedge fund and the people are bullying me and I'm losing my money. How sad, you know? It's, okay, that, that was actually kind of mean. Guys, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, hedge funds. I don't hate y'all. I mean, y'all personally are not that bad. I'm sure y'all are great people. Um, 
and they're mourning the loss of their mon money on their yachts and um, on a private island during the pandemic. Uh, yeah, that's my thoughts. I mean, I personally, I think that they are bad people. You know, they've been doing this for a really long time. Um, they try to make the stock cheaper by imploring people to sell them when they're expensive. I mean, not, not expensive, sorry, when, when they're getting cheaper, right? So people don't make the same kind of money that they do. Um, and I mean, I just don't, I don't appreciate what they're doing. Uh, and it's, it's obvious that people on both sides, you know, Democrats for the little people and Republicans against, against um, anything hindering the free market, I think both of them came together in that moment because this was just wrong, right? Like, like we see that it was, it was wrong. Um, so hopefully they do change their ways, but a lot of people, including Mark Cuban, actually don't see that happening anytime soon. Um, yeah, because this is this happened for centuries and stuff like this has happened before. You know, hedge funds have lost a lot of money. As I said before, in 2008, the same thing kind of happened with the Volkswagen stop. I mean, of course, there was no pandemic or Reddit involved. Um, people do say that there should be regulators in there to regulate behavior, but it, it's kind of impossible to regulate everything, right? And Again, what people on Reddit did wasn't illegal. It was okay. So if we we get regulators, right? Because the rich people are losing money now, right? We get regulators because they're really upset. Is it a free market anymore? If if there's regulators, is is that not a market that's being controlled by the government? Sounds. Do rich people now want the government to control industry? Because that sounds a little, sounds a little familiar. Good point. I don't know. And as two people who don't know enough about finances to be talking about this in such depth, we do know enough about politics to be talking about this, as in when people start being hypocrites, and I feel like this word comes up in every single one of our episode, but when hypocrisy comes into play, that's when we cannot handle this anymore. Um, so just the fact that the rich want regulation now it's a little bit frustrating to us and it was frustrating to other people too and i'm glad to see that i'm glad to see that people really came together for this um but now on to more current events there i thought i thought people learned their lesson about not just cancel culture but the negative consequences of their words you know their offensive words uh back last year, but apparently they didn't. So I think it's time we talk about, uh, you know, Gina Carano and The Bachelor host, Chris Harrison. Um, so Gina Carano, Mandalorian actress, um, she got fired because she compared the status of current Republicans to those of Jewish people during the Holocaust. Yeah, not a good move. Not a good move, Gina. If you can hear it, if you can't hear it in either of our voices right now, we're both really confused because A, this isn't true. You know, Jewish people were murdered and killed and their houses were burned down, their businesses were destroyed. Um, and there was a mass genocide. Republican people are sometimes being attacked on Twitter by their colleagues, you know, after they attack other people first. Um, so 
you know, it, it was hard for us to understand yeah. this a little bit. It's so sad. I almost have I almost have to chuckle because there were people that I saw trying to defend her. And okay, initially when I heard about the situation, I will be completely honest. I thought this was a case of cancel culture gone too far. I was like, what could have Gina said that was so bad that she got fired? Like, um, she got fired from starring in any Lucasfilm production ever again. And then I started looking into it and I was like, wait, this this is very concerning. Um, she's I think she's always been conservative and she's had uh, um, scandals in the past that she just comes back from. But this one is just, I, I don't, I don't know something. At first I was like, should she really have gotten fired for this? Because this is just an ignorant thing that she posted on her story. But then I was thinking about it and I was like, honestly, I, maybe she should have been fired. You know, she, she has been fired. So I, I, I don't know. People just didn't understand like the severity of what she said. People thought that she was right. Um, I don't see how you could, you could equate the status of Jewish people during the Holocaust to Republicans in America or the status of politics or the current climate of po politics in America. Like um, partisanship does not equal the mass genocide of um, Jewish people during the Holocaust. So we may, let's make that point clear. We do not agree with what she said. Now, do we agree that she should have been fired? Because I feel, I still don't know, like it was stupid what she said. It was ignorant. It was like a completely bad comparison. But I mean, she, I guess she tweet, she put on her story what she thought was true. So she should she have been fired for that? What do you think? I think it's irresponsible to tweet some tweet about something that's so sensitive, you know, the Holocaust um, that killed so many people in a mass ethnic genocide. Um, I think it's irresponsible to tweet about that lightheartedly, right? Compare the, the situation of a whole bunch of privileged politicians to that of so many, so many Jewish people who were later killed um, because of the color, I mean, because of their religion um, and other, other ethnic minorities who were killed because of the color of their skin and because of their sexual orientation and, and furthermore, their ethnic background. Um, I think, I think it was, I think it was justified. She should have definitely gotten fired. Um, you know, it's, it's not something that you can take lightheartedly especially as so many people, even today, still have generational trauma um, following the, the Holocaust are still facing the repercussions of the Holocaust on their communities. Um, so, so I don't, I'm not exactly sure what she was thinking when she wrote that, what her justification for it was. Um, personally, I haven't really felt the need to check it out, um, look into that because I just think that if she wrote that in the first place, she obviously didn't care enough to really think about the repercussions of the Holocaust, right? Once again, 
when you have a platform, even a small one, like a podcast that we, the podcast that we run, your words have meaning and your words have weight. And you don't want to say something that's outright incorrect. You don't want to say something that's outright insensitive because you have an audience and your audience will take actions based off of what you say. And irresponsible to say something that is incorrect or will influence your audience in a, in a way that will get them to uh, regard or irresponsible to get them to act in a certain way that could be dangerous to others or ostracize other people um, or make it seem that people are ostracized when they're not. I don't know. I, I just thought it was weird, the whole thing. How would, I don't even know how she came to, how would she come to that conclusion? How did she compare those two things? And now the whole thing with The Bachelor host, I'll let you explain. Yeah, so Bachelor host Chris Harrison is now stepping aside. Um, let it be known that he wasn't fired like uh, Gina was. And he is stepping aside because of some racially insensitive oh my gosh i'm sorry about that some disregard whatever it just happened. racially insensitive comments about the black community in a in a interview with rachel Kirkconnell. um and i mean he the bachelor is having you know they're hosting their first black bachelor um, and at the same time, you know, the host is making insensitive comments like this. I don't, I don't understand how people think they're going to get away with stuff like that. Right. Um, it's, he, he says that he, by excusing historical racism, he defended it and he invoked the term woke police, which is unacceptable. Um, he is ashamed over how uninformed he was. He was so wrong. Um, but I think, I think even despite this lengthy apology, um, his promise to continue on the path of anti-racism, I think it's important to note that obviously during the last summer, despite you know all of the the issues we've had. Um, with not like, you know, with people ignoring black history, ignoring racism against black people and happy black history month, by the oh, way. Oh yeah. Happy black oh. history month. Yeah. Uh, I, even though all of that happened, um, the fact that he still made a comment like that is a little bit telling to me. You know, it's the it says to me that obviously he didn't care before. Why would he care now? Um, so, I mean, it's it's just like I don't I don't think that people who still make racially insensitive comments to this day should be excused for their actions. I mean, these are some people that have been here for a long time. You know, they were here last year. They were here the year before that. Um, they should know better. They should know better. Exactly. They should have taken the initiative to educate themselves on something like that a long time ago. Um, and I mean, even though like 
he didn't this came this statement came from a place of ignorance that ignorance says something to us right the, the fact that that ignorance still exists in anyone is inexcusable to me and it's extremely telling of like how far we've come is not very far because there we still have such a racially charged political climate and the to the people that are saying this is just cancel culture back again destroying influencers and and wreaking havoc on the lives of people that make insensitive comments you're wrong sorry um that is what i think you are incorrect sorry this this podcast episode we have been very open with our opinions but i think you are wrong this is not cancel culture um we cannot excuse this behavior we cannot excuse it uh because these people, once again, these people should know better. At what point a couple of years ago, it was perfectly fine for someone to uh, make a racial joke, racially insensitive joke or comment, uh, make uh, just really disgusting, like the dark humor, um, the cool edgy dark humor that there was like a couple of years ago. Um, like that's, that was okay back then but it was never like it was socially accepted but I don't think it was ever okay and I think there are jokes that you can make like comments that can be made about like certain things without being insensitive um I don't think it's just people being woke I just think you just need to think about what you say before you say it I mean considering both of these celebrities and you know what people refer to as cancel culture i just put air quotes if you didn't already understand that um but i mean even despite this i don't understand how people still think they're gonna get away with racism right i think it's time that we've learned that your actions have consequences especially when they're offensive to an entire group of people um so at the end of the day it's it's people like them who are just hindering process and furthering cancel culture, right? Because at this point, it's just common sense, right? Like, you see all these, like, racial tensions um, and Black people telling you to pay attention, do some research. If you're still not doing that, that's on you. Like, listen to people of color around you. Um, they know what they're talking about when they say that they are historically oppressed, that they are systemically discriminated upon, that they are facing such and such issues in the United States. If they're saying that, it's true. I mean, do your research. And before you have a platform like that, make sure make sure you don't offend people by saying something that just isn't true. You know, or else cancel culture is coming for you and you deserve it. Yeah, I there's no excuse like that it's just like you being ignorant and stupid i mean like for example gina's comment was ignorant it was stupid mm-hmm. but um like i don't i don't think i don't think it was necessarily you know it was made from a wrong it came from a wrong place in her heart but i don't think she meant anything bad by it now um bachelor host sir you should not like why i don't understand I, I don't, I, these people had it coming for them. And my heart goes out to them because having a platform is so scary. Like I am sympathetic because 
I'm constantly scared, like, oh, what if I say something wrong on this podcast? I mean, everybody can take things differently, but uh, that comment not cannot be excused. And I think even even further, the people who are excusing it and furthering this this little comment that she made by putting, I think it's beep bop boop in their comments to make, I mean, in their bios to make fun of people who put pronouns, you know, to make, to make um, a non-binary transgender, um, really anyone, uh, those people more comfortable. I think people who put the beep bop boop thing in their bio, please do a little bit of research first. Um, do the research about how, um, you know, changing your your gender orientation, your sexual orientation, any of that, it has it has some weight, right? I can't speak to that personally, but it's, it's a difficult process and you're faced with a lot of discrimination and a lot of backlash from people sometimes that don't even know you, right? And when people, when, when, and when people who don't know what that feels like want to make fun of you because just because they come from a place of ignorance and they don't really know the exact, um, you know, reason for the pronoun in our bio thing, I think, I think that goes more to say exactly what we were saying about ignorance that reinforces it once again um you know just do your research we said this before we'll say it again before you do something you know do some research about what pronouns mean because i i know everyone has preferred pronouns right there is no way that if i went up to donald trump and i called him you know her if i said donald trump is she's great he's great (laughs) if i said that there's no way he wouldn't be offended so yes all of you have preferred pronouns right and making fun of those people who have different preferred pronouns than what you or society would normally expect them to have i don't know it's it's insensitive it's ignorant do your research right doesn't come once again something that doesn't come from a bad place but like Probably like don't do it. I thought beep up boop and like comment and like bios meant like, oh like I'm into robots or something. But then I heard about the whole Gina situation and her followers doing beep up boop or whatever it is. Um yeah, I just don't like what I I'm gonna delete Instagram and social media. I'm so tired of it. It's like what I'll keep Twitter just to keep everything in track, but like, you know, why? Why do these people do this? Why? I just. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Enjoy yeah. next month on the breakdown. For yeah, catch us next month. I'm sorry. We just have no closing for you because we're very confused, okay. very sad. Um, go eat chocolate strawberries. Uh, we love all our viewers. Thank you so much for tuning in for another episode of the breakdown uh, and tune in next month. Bye, guys. Bye.